Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. This bit's hopefully not going on the podcast. This is going on the podcast, Maureen. Everything you say is on the podcast. We will not edit any of it out. Keep this bit in, Leanne. <laughs> then let's call the police. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking bollocks a podcast where you'll hear well three women talking utterly bollocks what you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion makeup diets or those blinking kardashians i'm not even sure i know who they are if i'm honest but what you will hear is some uplifting irreverent chat with myself jen brister and my two very dear friends comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. So we are very excited, WTB, to be doing a live, well, live online podcast this coming Monday, October 4th at 8 p.m. as part of the Women in Comedy Festival. You can find tickets on the Women in Festival site, or I do believe we will have a link through our Facebook page. Come join us. Be a part of the live experience. Looking forward to it. I might be at Jen still. Hey, are we both spending the night at Jen's on Sunday then? You are. You're both staying in my house on Sunday. I hope you both know that I will not be performing on Sunday night because I'm coming back from Aberystwyth and it's an eight hour, well, seven and a half hour journey. And I thought, you know what? After a seven and a half hour journey, I'm not going to want to come home, drop my bags, go straight out and host a show. So I thought, Jen, be sensible. And this isn't something I do very often. And so I let Zoe know that I couldn't do it. And Zoe said, oh, don't worry about it. And she very quickly replaced me, which I was actually a bit upset about. I thought, oh, right. I didn't realise it was that replaceable, you know. Yeah, good luck trying to find another uh, lesbian uh, stand-up comedian to show. Oh, you can't <laughs> Okay, fine. But, well, yeah, never mind. But, yes, so we're going to be staying at Jen's. Should be interesting. 
And then I got to get up and travel back to Manchester so we can do the show in the evening. Oh, I might just take Jen to do the show there. <laughs> You're both going to use her internet? That's a great idea. <laughs> well, I had a shiatsu massage this week. Oh, right. What exactly is a shiatsu massage? Remind me again. I think I think they kind of massage your pressure points, I think. Anyway, it's a, it was a free massage. Well, I know it was free. I knew you weren't going to pay for a massage, Maury. <laughs> Do you know, I once had like a year worth of, well, it was, I was paying a tenner because my friend was learning to, mass, to do shiatsu and I was like, I will volunteer my body. Okay, so you had a shiatsu massage free for a year, but you're not sure what a shiatsu massage is. Well, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm just lying there. They can just massage me and I'm not not really bothered about the details they do something with pressure points yeah well I think so but it doesn't all is it all massage about pressure I mean is it what no I'm not a massage ex expert but anyway it's very nice but I was a bit a bit spaced out afterwards though but to be fair I'm usually spaced out so well it sounds like it did the job <laughs> Maureen is that your week you went for a shiatsu massage no I was in Cardiff I was in Cardiff for three days gigging oh yeah Great, living the Vida Loca. Oh no, but I, you know, I went around the. Well, I didn't go around the castle. In fact, I love going around castles. That's a bit, I love going around castles. But then I realised I'm actually still too tired to do that thing. So I couldn't. It was a bit annoying, but I couldn't really pay to go on a tour or anything. Or I just basically went into Cardiff Castle. You can go into the grounds for free, and went on a bench, just fell asleep, lay down on a bench, just fell asleep for a couple of hours. That's what I did. Right. I mean. I did say to Maureen when she told me I've spent a Cardiff castle. I said, oh, was it fun? She went, to be honest with you, I was too tired and I fell asleep on a bench. And there was a bit of me that just stopped. And I thought, you know what, Maureen, you could have just stayed in your hotel room and done that, couldn't you? And slept on something called a bed. <laughs> uh, and Maureen was like, do you know what, Jen, with hindsight, that, yeah, you're right, I could have done that. But there you go. It's nice to get out of the house, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it was nice weather. And when you wake up, you're sur you're surrounded by a castle. You know, which you wouldn't be in a hotel. And then uh, by the hotel, by the castle, sorry, there was a boat. So I took the boat down to Cardiff Bay. But they put that they put they've got this like tape thing where they talk about Cardiff, but they put it on too early. So you had to wait a minute or two after they just said something in order to see. Because you're like, where is this white church? Because there was no one. So that was a bit confusing. But yeah. Some great sculptures at Cardiff Bay, I have to say. Alison, can you compete with sculptures on Cardiff Bay and taking a, a nap on a bench for two hours? No, no, I I cannot. First of all, I'm impressed with your... You're so vulnerable. You're like, I'll just take a 40-wink nap in the middle of a public area. You're bold. Yeah, but it's daytime, isn't it? To be honest, I mean, good luck to anyone trying to give more in a poke. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, why am I diving into the logic? Uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Her automatic reaction in all those sorts of situations is to get up immediately and headbutt. So um, <laughs> Maureen takes things very slowly, but when, when under attack, she's like a ninja. Up she gets, but don't don't question the logic, Alison. Is that's a, that's a wormhole you you'll never get out of. <laughs> this week, what did I do that was fun? Oh, it's been ages, but I got to do some voiceover work in the um in a cartoon that a a friend of a friend is like creating. It was a space kind of cartoon. Yeah. Okay. Ah, that sounds fun. What character were you playing? Oh, I was a character. Uh, her name is Gina. And she's not sexy, but she's got some sex-driven desires. 
So Okay, what age group is this cartoon? It's an adult cartoon, everyone. It's not... Uh, <laughs> right. Because I was going to say, can I show the kids? And then you were talking about sex-driven sex. I was like, Do you know what? Let's No, I'm tapped out. Okay. You might be able to, though, because it's a lot of that old school, like, innuendo, you know? Like, you know, it starts off where I'm like, I'm pumping, Dick Dixon. I just don't know if it's working. And, you know, you're talking about something <laughs> on the spaceship. But, it, you know, it's like that sort of... It's like masturbates and... Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really fun. It was a good time. And it was just fun to work with, like, a bunch of people that do regular acting work to be like, can I still work with professionals? Can I still do it? And it was, it was a good time, guys. It was a good time. Uh, of course you can, Alison. You are a bloody professional. And actually, I think you're perfect for voiceover. You've got... Your voice is like velvet, isn't it? Oh, aren't you sweet. That's what I tell audiences. If you don't laugh, that's fine. But ASMR, just listen to my voice and take a nap. Like my friend Maureen, just take a public nap, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maureen sometimes does it in the middle of the podcast. We have to snap her out of it. It is true. <laughs> not now. You're not on a bench. Wake up. Come on. Wake up. I can't compete with napping on a bench or, I mean, doing a, the voiceover for a cartoon. How exciting. I cannot tell you about my week. Uh, yes, I can, actually. Two children's parties, one of which was my own children's party. So not just some random children. They are, they are my own, very own children. I think you're supposed to have children younger, aren't you? You're not supposed to do it in your 40s, <laughs> and that's what I've learned. Um, I have neither the energy nor the patience for them. Seven-year-olds, wow, they have some energy going on there, and it's wired, okay, and you cannot control it. Now, you get... I don't know, a dozen six or seven year olds in a room and, and start trying to play musical statues. Good luck. You know, listen, the children had the best day of their lives. They kept saying to me, this is the best day of my life, mama. And I was like, great. Uh, I'm not going to join you there, actually. It's not the best day of my life. It's not even close uh, to the best day of my life. But they had such a wonderful day and vicariously, Chloe and I almost enjoyed it. We were very glad when it was over. But yeah. It was fun. Then the next day we had to go to another party in a in a soft play off an A road. They're always off an A road, these uh, places. For the general public, they're like, you don't need to know about these places. It's only parents who will drive to here. They're the only ones that need to know. And then you get there and they are always in an aeroplane hangar or something. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're just huge. And so the cacophony of noise. What I've realised about soft play is... Yes, soft play is grim. And I was trying to figure out why is it so grim? It's because the din of noise in there while you're stuck in there for over an hour, while all you hear is like some, it's like children screaming in your head for an hour and a half. That's all you hear. They are inside your brain screaming and no amount of coffee is going to make that feel better. And every now and again, a parent will try and strike up a conversation with you. And there's a bit of you that wants to go, don't bother. I can't hear you. Whatever you're saying, I can't concentrate on it because all I'm trying to do is stop the screaming in my own head so that I stop. I might start screaming in your face. I'm so close to that. To that. But other than that, it was such a relaxing weekend. And, um... <laughs> Being in an echo chamber with a warm cappuccino. <laughs> and also, these places never know how to make coffee. No. I think I don't. Yeah. They don't. You go to any soft play, I don't know, any place where there's flipping some adventure playground or there's someone who'll stick up a... And sometimes it's, it's it's you know, you think, oh, this looks like it'd be good because they've created a sort of like 
almost like a wooden cabin which has all and they they say things like flat white and mocha and i think oh you know what a flat white is okay so we're we're on the right track here and then you go yeah could i get a, a, an oat milk uh, flat white please and they say we don't do oat milk and you go oh right okay listen don't worry about it i'll just have normal milk i'm just trying to help the environment this is the kind of chit chat you do with these people and they don't care because they're 11 and uh, then they make you oat milk flat white and they 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 serve it to you in a a bucket and you're like, you think you've misunderstood what a flat white is. It's a very, it's, it's, it's a very small cup. You're supposed to give that to me. And then it's like a soup bowl of, of like beige milk. And you're like, this doesn't even, this in no way will even taste close to coffee. And you take a sip of it. It's not even hot. And it, 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 is it milk? I don't know. It might not even be milk. And then you pay your three pound fifty, and you walk away cursing them, your life. And then you just want to go up to the queue and go, you know, this coffee shit, don't you? And all the women go, yeah, we know, but this is killing time, just standing in the queue, ordering a coffee that I'm not going to drink. I'm paying £3.50 to kill 11 minutes. Go away. And then that's that's it. That's your day. I've had several soft play experiences, and the coffee is always just lukewarm and disgusting. It doesn't matter where you go. It's always a, a huge cup. And just parents staring off into the distance. I think we should take all teenage girls to soft play centers. And be like, as soon as you're 12, just sit here. Do you want this to be your life? No. All right. Make better choices. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> be sure you want this. Think about contraception. That's all I'm going to say. That's to you, exactly okay? it. And then hand them all condoms as they walk out. Have a nice day, ladies. We've yeah. done our part. Uh, I remember taking my kids down. A, uh, I had, I think it was Luca, it was on my lap. And um, I was just about to go down the slide. And a, and a mum was just coming up the other end of the soft play and she just looked at me dead, dead in the eyes and she went I've just been down that don't do it and I said I, I can't I've got no Mama, go down the side, go down. I said, I've got and I went down and I swear to god I swear to god my small intestines poked out of my bum it was absolutely horrific everything was swishing and swirling and whizzing and all of you by the faces that you are pulling right now regret asking me about my week don't you yeah <laughs> I can tell. I can see by your faces. You're like, yeah, next time, let's not ask Jen about her week. Well, we've all had wonderful weeks. I've got uh, the thousand yard stare. Maureen's had a nap on a bench. And Alison is the only one that's achieved anything. She's been in a bloody cartoon. Well done, <laughs> us. <laughs> Woo. So, of course, uh, I mean, we've had a bit of batshit already. I mean, I, I, I think we've had the park bench, which it could almost be a be more Maureen moment in itself, but... It isn't the one that we're looking at. Let's look over to Maureen Younger for her be my money moment. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't, I'm, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. This was a while back. This is a time when if you miss an episode on TV, you couldn't catch up. There was no iPlayer. You know, you couldn't get it on a video or anything. And it was a time of 24. 24 was first out, so it was like really big. I was at a party and I thought, well, you know what? I want to watch 24 because it was on while the party was on. So basically, I, I took got everybody out of the living room so I could watch this episode of 24. And I was telling my friend this, my friend in America I chat to, I went, well, if it's your house, I went, oh, no, no, it wasn't my house. Like it wasn't my party, it was someone else's party. But I just got, I just said, right, everyone's got to go because I'm watching 24. So they got moved. Now I've got to explain <laughs> this, right? It, the party was full of gay men, me, 
and my mother. Weirdly, still single. Never seemed to meet straight men. I don't know where I'm going wrong. Anyway, so my mother was there, who's called Mabel. It was quite a character, as Jen's met her. So anyway, this guy came in. He was obviously really annoyed that I chucked everybody out of the living room. Fair enough. And I had a drink next to me. It wasn't my drink because I don't drink. And he just stubbed his um, cigarette in the drink. And I'm like, well, it's not. He obviously thought it was my drink. So it was not my drink. Then he went out. <laughs> then he went out and apparently slagged me off. Now, my mum likes to put me down, but God help anyone who puts me down in front of her. So she had a go at him, right? What you're know about is my mum is Scottish and mad. Quite a dangerous combination. And then I came out. I was unaware of this, right? So, and you've got a picture of my mum, who's five foot two. It's a room full of gay men and my mother, and she's there with a rum and coke in one hand, a fag in the other. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, um, your mum has just made me look like a cunt. And my mum went, I haven't made you look like a cunt. You are a cunt. <laughs> uh, so, and no, everybody was really taken aback because no one expects an old woman to speak like that. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, okay then. Uh, they really don't. And having met Mabel many times, that was not aggressive enough, Maureen. Listen, your mum is, uh, in many ways, uh, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I was always very relieved that uh, she did not dislike me. It's hard to tell if she liked me. I don't know we could go stretch it that far, but she certainly <laughs> didn't dislike me. Uh, and so we always got on A-OK. -okay. But I, I saw her enough times... Uh, when she was pissed off about something to know that I did not want to get on the wrong side of Mabel. Given how sh small she is and, and actually frail because she's an older woman, men were terrified of her. There's something about a woman with no fear and no boundaries that is, is that scary. You're like, okay, I don't know what you've got in your pockets, but I suspect it's, it's sharp. And I imagine a senior woman, a senior woman, because what do you... You gonna yell at a senior in a public place? Like you can't. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't yell at my mum. I mean, I'm bullshit. But if my mum was like angry, I, I mean, I have argued with her. But there's times when my mum, there's she, there's a flick, there's a switch where she flicks, and you're just like, mate, I'm just gonna leave her to it because she's not scared of anyone. She would have picked a fight with Mike Tyson in his prime and not battered an eyelid because she just has no fear, and that's what makes you worried. You're like, mate. I mean, I remember once I was doing this gig. It was my gig. It was New Axe Nights, and she'd seen quite a few of them before. She went, "Oh, they're not watching this. This is gonna be shite." <laughs> right, and I was like, "Mum, they're New Axe. Give them a break." Anyway, and so she decided to get pissed, and it was just at the Birmingham gig, and there's a curtain at the back, and I just remember Annette Fagan coming up to me going, "Your mother's just fell through the curtain. She just actually fell through." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But then to give her a due, I mean, she could hardly walk to the taxi. Uh, she got up at 8.30. She didn't even have a hangover. That's quite impressive. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's called alcoholism. Uh, <laughs> so that's my Be More Maureen. It's a slightly different one from normal. It is a very different one. I think we could focus on the fact, not just on your mum, but we could focus on the beginning of that Be More Maureen, is that you're at a party. I get the impression that you didn't really know many of the people at the party. Oh, I knew quite a few of them. But you kicked them all out so you could watch 24. Yeah, well, I would have missed the episode. But didn't everyone just go, sorry, Maureen, this is a party. And you know what? I think if you've got enough hotspur, people are so taken aback, you just get away with it. Do you know what I mean? Did you not have a video recorder? Because you're saying, when you prefix the story, you're like, it was before videos. It's 24. That's the start of box sets. I think it's be in the house in those days in order to do the video. No, you didn't. You could set a timer. Oh, yeah. It's like I'm going to know how to do that. Just easier to get rid of people, isn't it? Just watch it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> you know, your video recorder would have come with instructions to tell you how to set the timer. And it would have been beep, 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 beep. And off you go. And it would have made that noise more in, actually. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Warren Yoga, that was an absolutely wonderful Be More Morin moment. We're all uh, at a loss for words. <laughs> Alison, can you make sense of the world? Have you got something to say? Is there a problem that you can solve? Well, I think so, because it's time for the A-Team. It's Alison June Smith. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Woo! All right, this problem, uh, our lovely producer Leanne reminded me of. Now, we addressed this, Jen, very briefly when we did Cambridge, so at the live show, but we haven't done it on the on actual, our podcast, so we're bringing this one back, and uh, sorry, Lister, that it, it took us so long. Here is this week's problem, which I thought was a great one. So I'm just going to summarize because it is quite, it was quite lengthy. People, I appreciate your details. Don't worry. I know I summarize when I tell your problems, but when you write in, I like the details. I want to know all the stuff because it does help me. So please don't think I'm, I don't care about the details. I have read it. I've taken it in and then I summarize so everyone else knows. So here's what happens. Our lovely listener, her and her husband took a break for a period of time. All right, they were on a break. During this break, she met a gentleman. Uh, she had a little what she calls a whatever it was, <laughs> which I appreciated that. No need to label a whatever it was. It didn't work out well, moved on. In fact, he was a police officer, pulled her over after their whatever, even though she wasn't doing anything wrong, and asked her out on a date. Anyway, bizarro. Wouldn't give up. But anyway, she left him in the past. Her and her husband got back together. Fine, no problem. Cut two. A few years later, she's going to visit her best friend at their new house that they've just moved into. Guess who the next door neighbor is? <laughs> yes, man from the break. She has not seen man from the, well, she saw him from a distance and was like, oh my God. And she knew he kind of lived in that area, but was unaware. Uh, and I guess she said that her neighbors, he said that he knows her. He's asked about her. Okay, this guy's married as well. So he's kind of like trying to like, what's, how's your friend? Hasn't said that they had this thing. But so she's like, I, I, do I tell my husband about this occurrence that happened? Because, you know, we go over there. What if they bump into each other? Uh, she's like, I thought this one was never going to come back. I can't believe it's back. So her big problem is, do I tell my husband? Do I let him know what happened? That's her main problem. So I was like, whew, well, that's. You know, this is the thing, people. Sometimes we have those whatevers and you think they're never going to come back. But it's a small world, everyone. I had a whatever in Edinburgh and ran into him in Dubai. So all I'm saying is that they're everywhere, everyone. So be cautious. So I'm going to go right into right away what I think. Okay, here, here is my advice. Uh, and then I'll address the second part. Do you tell your husband? Well... Let me ask you this. What purpose would telling your husband serve? Why are you telling him? Are you telling him because you want to get it off your chest? Are you telling him because you think it's the best thing for him to know? Why are you even debating telling him? In my opinion, no. Don't tell him. And this guy was in your past? Sorry he's living next door to your neighbor. Leave him in the past. I would just pretend that he's, he doesn't exist. 
You don't have to talk to him ever again. You can avoid him. Uh, I would also tell your friends to stop talking about you with him. If he brings you up, change the subject. I'd be like, let's just continue on never addressing this person. No. The more you behave like this guy doesn't exist, the more he will go away and not try and engage. Uh, that That is what I think, personally. I, I just think it's a past. You don't need to get into it. Sometimes when we want to share those experiences, you, you might be opening up a whole new set of conversations that maybe you don't want to get into. I mean, personally, I truly believe in all the things I've read. No. Not to mention this guy's there. So then your husband's going to see this guy now and again and be like, oh, that's the guy that my wife had a thing with or whatever. With. He doesn't need to know. It's irrelevant. This guy's in your past. Leave him there. Proximity doesn't matter. The, the proximity doesn't <laughs> relate to what's in your past. All right? Past, 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 done. Which then brings me, though, to the topic of taking a break in a relationship. Now, I am not here to judge. I think breaks can be great for some people. Breaks can be bad for some people. All I'm going to say is in the future, if you decide to have a break again or anyone who decides to do breaks in the relationship, first off, be specific about what a break means. Did you discuss with your husband ahead of time, oh, a break means that we are free to do whatever with whomever? Or are you framing it like, look, we're taking a break so we can have some time on our own to figure out our own thing, but we're not open to other people? All right. So be very specific about what a break means between the two people. Almost set ground rules. All right. If this is because you want to mend a relationship, but you need some time, great. Be specific. Um, Take some time to explore what it is you want out of this break. Because sometimes a break is just a nice way of saying, I don't have the guts to end a relationship yet. So maybe you need to end a relationship. If that is not what it means, fine. Get into that. What is it you're both looking for out of this? So those were kind of my things that I wanted to address today. So personally, listener, I would not tell your husband. I would blank this guy from your mind. It is past. It is done. Don't give it any more thought. You need to walk away from it. I do not think your husband needs to know because who knows? Maybe he's going to be like, well, I'm glad you brought that up while we were on a break. Here's 12 women that I had a whatever with. You don't need to know. You don't want to know, right? What if she lives down the street? Then you got one here. You got one there. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. So I just say it is in the past, leave it in the past. When it comes to breaks, be very specific, people, what it is you want out of a break. And if you think the break just means you want to break up, then you know what? Rip the Band-Aid off. That is my advice for this week. That is, I think, a lot of people's worst nightmare, isn't it? For something like that to happen, that you are on a break or you have a little thing with somebody and then they just... <laughs> You're like, you're not supposed to be a real person. You're supposed to be gone now, out of my life. You disappear. You're a character in a story for a period of time. Goodbye. I mean, that's the kind of story that gives me hives. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really tricky, isn't it? I think what you said, Alison, about did you go on a break because you didn't have the guts to break up with them? Because I do genuinely think a lot of the time when people go on breaks, one of the people is like, I've got to get out of this. How... If I go on this break, maybe this is the easier way to then go, do you know what? I've had a break. Now I think it's time for, but obviously they didn't. So they got back together. So that was a genuine break. I don't think you should tell people about affairs. However, if he decides that he wants to let that 
information out. Do you know what I mean? Then, then that's tricky. Yeah, but he's married, so I mean, well, maybe he's told his wife. Who knows? Yeah, it's unlikely. And it sounds like he hasn't said he hasn't said we had a thing. He's just like, oh, I know your friend. I know, you know, how is she? I know she had a dog like this. I wouldn't visit the friend. I your mean, best you... mate? You gotta visit your best mate. Well, can't I just meet her in a pub or something? For the rest of her living in the house, you're like, you know, I get you, I get you, but that's why I'm like, you just go, okay, well, maybe we start coming in your back door. That's what he said. <laughs> hey, that's what the whatever was. No, I'm kidding, listener. We do not mean that. I mean, it depends where you live. It's but if it's a smaller town, but in London, it's quite normal for people not to go around to people's houses because it, it's just the, the, it's just such a big distance. So generally, you do tend to meet in central London. But I, I can appreciate if you're in a smaller place and that's probably less i get the vibe that they spend time at houses together because she was like what am i gonna do da, da, da. and and i get it like that would be it would be hard but i think in time that will ebb won't it that will get easier i mean was he 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 wasn't on a break with his wife he just had an affair yeah she mentioned wife you know later on and i didn't want to you know i'm not going to write the listener and go i need more that's why it is important listeners you give me details it is good for me to know the details because he he's not going to want to let anything slip is he in fact, I'm amazed he even said, I know your friend. Because his wife would go, how do you know her? Oh, I stopped her and then fucked her. Is that all right? Is that normal? That seems so normal. No, he's not going to do that. I'm surprised that he didn't keep Stum himself. That's the other thing. Maybe he was trying to find out if she talked about him. Because, you know, women do tend to talk about stuff. So I, maybe he was trying to see if she'd mentioned him. Of course, the, the best solution is, to, is to, do, to do what I do. Just don't have a love life. And then you're not worried about bumping into anybody. I believe, Maureen, that you could have love if you wanted it. I just don't think you want it. And that's the difference. (laughs) You don't. Okay, so that is the difference. Alison, thank you very much for your advice. I do hope that the person that wrote in is okay and uh, that this has all resolved itself in one way or another and that you never have to speak to or see this man ever again. Well, you might have to. No, you can pretend you don't know him. You can just be blank. Okay, then. That's when okay, then comes in handy. <laughs> okay, then. I struggle with blank face. Uh, you know, too much is happening on my face. You can read what's happening. What, what I'm thinking immediately appears on my face. If it's terror, there it is. If it's anger, there it is. If it's happy, there it is. You just did perfect mannequin head none of you can see it but i'm very good at looking blank <laughs> alison june smith uh, i thank you boy you look surprised that you're here i've just woken up and yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick i just want to put it's called being it. professional alison <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> right, isn't it time to find out what we've all been watching on television or reading or, or listening to or, or touching with our hands? Maureen, what have you been doing? Is it Austrian TV by any chance? Well, it have been watching Austrian TV, obviously, but uh, Charles Power's Mystery on uh, BBC at the moment. But also there's something I watched on Amazon called The Alice... I'm just going to describe what they say. A group of strangers come together in the Australian town of Alice Springs to see a solar eclipse, only to find themselves entangled in a murder mystery. So I've only watched the first episode. I have to say the beginning was slightly confusing because you just get a lowdown on all the characters. And I was like, whoa, too much information. And it wasn't helped by the fact that one of the characters talks to a ghost. So one of the characters is a dead person that only she can see. And um, so just watched the first episode. So it's set in Alice Springs, which is obviously lovely scenery. And this this woman who who speaks to a, a dead person, her husband died. He, he fell off. Uh, he, he was a bit of an idiot. And there's a, people are worried whether she actually pushed him off this. I don't think she went up Alice, you know, the, the rock. I think she went up, he went up a, a rock nearby. And so there's there's like an inquest into that. And then it's all these people meeting up. So it was a bit too full information to go back and reread, listen to the first bit again. It's 22 episodes, Maureen. That's too many. Do you know what? It's probably good TV if you just want something on in the background. Do you know what I mean? The guy who plays the cop in it was actually one of my first crushes. He was John Sullivan in The Sullivans, if anybody remembers The Sullivans, which was an Australian soap. I do remember The Sullivans. What was what was the music for The Sullivans? Does anyone remember? Oh, it was great music. It was on midday. I used to love The Sullivans. He was my first, one of my first crushes on TV. He's still quite a good-looking bloke. In real life, he's gay, so that just shows you how good my gaydar is. Send more in. Most of the men you've ever been attracted to have been gay. That's not true. Sure it is. Of course it is. Um, 22 episodes of The Alice available on Amazon Prime. It gets two votes and it gets 
of those two votes because those people that bothered to vote for the Alice have said very positive things about it. I love an Australian drama, I'm not going to lie to you. I love an Australian drama. I don't know what it is about Aussie dramas. I think it's, I think also I love to watch Australia in the background, you know, because it's such a beautiful country that I'm really, I, I lived in Alice Springs. It's hot, isn't it? It was hot. It's in the centre of the country and it's desert. It is very hot. It very much attracts some oddballs. The people that I met there, I was like, oh, you seem insane. Okay, good. I worked in a restaurant. I was a waitress and uh, I was very bad at my job. And even though I was appalling at my job, this couple that owned this restaurant, and they, they were lovely, uh, were like, Jen, we're never going to sack you because we like you but you're absolutely terrible waitress. And I was like, thanks very much. <laughs> like you forget to give orders, you forget to give them their drinks. Sometimes they were like, we don't know what you're doing, but we like having you here. And I was like, well, that's 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 nice to hear, isn't it? I left anyway, shortly afterwards. Uh... <laughs> also, I watched the last episode of The Vigil. What did you think, Brista? Just Vigil, Maureen, just Vigil. Yeah, not not The Vigil. Just vigil. <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, I know that there would have been people listening to you going, it's not the vigil, Maureen. And they would have wanted me to step in and correct you. And, and to those people, I would say you're welcome. Did I enjoy it? I did enjoy it. <laughs> uh, my mum, I, I got my mum onto it because she was like, I can't watch any more programmes of people dying and everything exploding. And I said, mum, you're going to love this because it's very, it's a, it's a procedural. It's really up your alley. She did a Maureen and watched five episodes in one night. My mum is very much channeling Maureen Younger at the moment. <laughs> so in its sort of, you know, whatever it is, what, I'm what am I trying to say? Confines of its formula. Thank you, Maureen. In the confines of its formula, I think it was brilliant. But it's one of those ones where everything just gets kind of neatly, there's a bow tied at the end of every little bit of the storyline, which I, I both really, really enjoy and also find incredibly annoying because that's not how life is. But um, I did enjoy it. The beginning bit of the final episode is very stressful. It ended about 20 minutes early, didn't it? So then it, then it was all like, this is what's happening now. So the, the kind of the drama kind of finished 20 minutes before the end. That's what it was. And then the last 20 minutes, you're like, ah, I don't really care about this bit. There is a lesbian sort of a relationship going on in Vigil, which was the least convincing lesbian relationship I've ever seen on television. But Why? I, I just, I couldn't. I, I, I said to Chloe, is this me? But I don't believe any of this, do you? And she was like, no. There's two very heterosexual women pretending to be lesbians. And listen, fair play to them. They're, they're, both of them are very good actors, but maybe it was something to do with them as actors. They just had no chemistry together. Like none. I, I, I didn't give, believe the yearning and the, the wanting and the, the, the sort of sexual tension. I was like, no, it's not there, is it? You can't fake that sort of thing. Well, you can, it's called acting, but it wasn't there <laughs> for whatever reason. And that kind of knocked me a little bit. I don't know why. And I like both of them individually, but together I was like, this isn't working for me. Or for you, I can tell. Never mind. To be honest, that wasn't the main plot of the story, was it? The lesbian relationship, Maureen? And yet that is the <laughs> bit that I have very much focused on in this particular. <laughs> what else have you been watching, Bristow? I haven't watched much. i tell you what I did. I got back into, um, which is a show I watch when I'm away. I got back into The Shield. I just enjoy it. I really enjoy it. It's a, an American cop show from the early noughties and it's really good. And and, and yes, it's some of it has dated quite dramatically, certainly even even attitudes towards like women. I mean, not that attitudes towards women have changed dramatically in 20 years, but the way the characters refer to women, you're like, well, 
would could say that now in a in its cop show and obviously nobody's got a smartphone everyone's got flip phones but other than that i think it's really really good it is available on prime but i think it's ending in like five days all of it has been taken off i don't know where it will go but if you get if people like that show and i don't know where it's going to pop up now it might it might be that you have to pay for it then i, I do recommend it all and just because the acting is amazing yeah the lead guy is very good in it isn't he yeah is it michael chiklis yeah he, he's such a good he's a great actor and all, all of the actors in it are fantastic and it sort of came out about the same time as the wire i think and i watched the wire and i didn't watch the shield because I loved The Wire. I loved. I loved The Wire. Yeah. Oh, The Wire is fantastic. It's one of the best TV series ever written. Oh, my God. I mean, and The Wire is still the best TV show ever made, I think. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. Alison, what about you? Well, because I was thinking about whatevers that we have in our lives and, and you know, I chose a uh, sort of a, a spinoff of our problem. But the horror movie I chose this week is one called It follows now do you remember hearing about this advertised anywhere oh my god this is great okay so it follows the premises i would read you the thing but i'm just going to explain it basically a young girl uh, starts kind of dating a guy and eventually on a date she decides to sleep with him so she has sex um and then she wakes up and she is tied to a chair and her boyfriend, well, this guy she's been seeing for a very short period of time is behind her and is like, listen, I'm going to explain something to you very quickly. I was given something when I slept with somebody and I had to pass it on to get rid of it. You now have to sleep with somebody else to pass this on as well. Otherwise, it will haunt you until you die. So basically, you pass on a haunting through sex. It's the worst type of STI that you can get, everyone. So essentially, the whole thing of It Follows is if you have sex with a person, you curse them with this ghost, and then it stays with you until you have sex with someone else and pass it on. That is It Follows. Isn't that HIV? I mean, isn't that what that is? But it goes away. Like once you have sex with someone, it stops following you. But then this girl's mental or dilemma, of course, is like, well, am I going to pass this on? And, you know, yeah. And so does she have to find a different way of getting rid of it? Well, I don't want to give away the whole story, but. she buy a blow up doll? <laughs> no, it must be a, a living. I mean, I don't want to. I'm going to say human. I'm going to say human even, everyone, just to yeah, keep it above board. But Right. Okay. Right. Well, that sounds... is the premise of It Follows. Yeah. Could you, I yeah. suppose you could screw a dead body. Would that work? No, because it's dead. Oh, it's going to be alive. It's a bit harder for a woman, isn't it, to have sex with a dead body? <laughs> you better hope the rigor mortis set in correctly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to have rigor mortis in just the right place, wouldn't you? Yeah. Sorry, can I ask, does this cadaver have an erection? <laughs> okay. Does this cadaver have an erection? The other thing, too, is this poor girl, her friends don't believe her because they're like, what are you on about? And she's like, I swear to God, I'm being haunted. And then eventually they're like, oh, my God, you are. Okay, yeah. Because the curse is just, you know, it's your period, love. We all get it. Relax. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You had sex. Good for you. All right. Yeah, there's some haunting afterwards. But uh, I really liked it. I thought it was a great concept. I had never heard of it before. I thought <laughs> combining STIs and a haunting was a very unique idea. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I recommend It Follows, everyone. Alison, I have to say, <laughs> I, and I do mean this, 
Because I, I'm not, I don't really know many horror films. So the, only the ones that sort of really stand out like Saw or, you know, It or something. I really enjoy every week hearing about another relatively, probably not for the horror circuit, quite well known, but for a non-horror fan's obscure film. And they're always, I have to say, like, people find different ways to scare the shit out of each other, don't they? I mean, like, you're forever haunted until you pass it on. And the only way you can do it is have sex with someone. I mean, who the hell came up with that idea? Well, the writers, obviously, but... (laughs) And it's like, it's hard because she's not, she's not a... um promiscuous so this is like a hard thing and you know she wrestles with like she doesn't want to pass it on to somebody right she's a good person it is on amazon prime so you can watch it on amazon great it's 2014 for those of you wondering how old it is it's not old at all not that it matters some of the best movies are doesn't matter at all maureen younger will tell us that for heaven's sake speaking of maureen younger now that we have addressed our televisual watchings let's head over to maureen's cultural corner to find out what she's whipped up into a petri dish Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, ladies, because it's our 50th show. Yay! How have we not mentioned that up until this point? Absolute madness. So I thought, you know what? 50th show, I'm going to do three films from the 1950s. See what I did there? I do, Maureen. Hey, I like that. The first one is North by Northwest from 1959, which is, oh, look, Jen knows it. It's an American spy thriller by Alfred Hitchcock. Have you seen it, uh, Alison? No, but I have definitely heard of it, 100%. Fantastic movie with Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, and James Mason. I mean, I love Cary Grant. Love James Mason. He's the baddie in this. He's brilliant. And it's actually, it's an iconic film. There's that aeroplane. The the crop duster chasing Cary Grant and obviously even when we say Cary Grant on Mount Rushmore trying to escape from the baddies. And basically Cary Grant plays this advertising executive called Roger Thornhill who gets mistaken for a spy and gets involved into a spy plot. I just love Cary Grant. He's fantastic in this movie. So if you've never seen anything by Hitchcock, never seen anything by Cary Grant, do yourself a favour. There's also a film which I won't talk about in great detail, but also from that period, Rear Window from the 1950s which is fantastic with Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. And honestly, Alison, it's worth watching just for Grace Kelly's outfits. If ever I become rich and famous, I'm going to get a, a dressmaker and just go, can you just make me all these clothes? She is so elegant and stunning in that film. And actually, I remember watching that as a child and it was very confusing because my mum kept wanging on about, you know, like Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant and how handsome they are. And I was looking at Grace Kelly going, oh, this is a very weird feeling I'm having. <laughs> She is glorious in but that. But that, that, that was one of my favorite. That and Vertigo. Is it Vertigo? Vertigo. It's also, I think, from the 50s, yeah. All of those three we used to have on video and I used to watch them quite regularly. I love those yeah, movies. There. But North by Northwest is definitely my favourite. Um, and the next one, I don't think I've done this. It's a, it's a Western, actually. It's High Noon from 1952. Have you seen High Noon? I've seen bits of High Noon, yeah. It, again, it's iconic. It's uh, it's not like your normal Western, so it hasn't got the normal tropes that a Western does. It stars Gary Cooper. It was made by Fred Zimmerman, Austrian. Uh, well, he technically was born in what was now Poland, but he was Austrian at the time. And it is, and actually, it's all about something that I'm fascinated by, the idea of moral bravery. People who will stand up for their principles against overpowering odds. I find that fascinating. I admire people like that because I'm not like that. It's basically Gary Cooper plays a town marshal called Will Kane, and he's, he's just got married to Grace Kelly appears in this. She's a Quaker. So he just got married to this young bride. Grace Kelly looks 
stunning as always. He's about to go off on his honeymoon. And then he finds out that three rather evil gunmen who he put in jail are going to arrive on the noontime train. And so he's got to either decide whether he's going to stand up to them or go off with his wife. And he tries to get all the town folk involved and all the town folk are like, hey, mate, we're not getting involved in this because they're very scary guys. And so it's in black and white. It's got great music. Uh, Do not forsake me. Oh, my darling. And then they kind of cheat it a bit, but you just see the clock. So it's getting nearer and nearer to noon as the film goes on. So it looks like it's been done in real time. And so his decision is, should he stand up to these guys, even though no one else is going to stand up to them? And there's three of them and it's just him by himself. And at the time, it was quite controversial because it was written by Carl Foreman, who at the time McCarthyism was going on. And he was called to the, you know, the House of Un-American Activities. He had been a member of the Communist Party, but he refused to give names. So he's blacklisted. So it's all about whether, you know, should you stand up? You know, so it's, it's it's kind of a metaphor for the McCarthyism. And it was John John Wayne hated the film, surprisingly, Andy. That's why he made Rio Bravo. But it's a fan. Honestly, even if you don't like Westerns, I would totally recommend it. It's a fantastic movie. Oh, yeah. I don't think of you as somebody that's into Westerns, to be honest. No, but, you know, there's, there's ones like Destry Rides Again with Jimmy Stewart and Marlena Dietrich. There are ones where you just go, you know, they've got a slight different angle to them. And then the third one is Some Like It Hot from 1959. Now, I have watched Some Like It Hot, absolutely. I love that. That is high camper go-go. That is one of the best comedies ever. Again, made by an Austrian, Billy Wilder, starring Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Anything with Jack Lemmon is. I mean, Jack Lemmon's just great, isn't he? He's just fantastic. And Marilyn Monroe. And for those of you who don't know, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, they're playing in a band. And they happen to witness the Valentine Day murders. So they need to, they need to escape from the gangsters or they're going to get killed. So they dress up as women and join an all-women band, which Marilyn Monroe plays in. Um, and so it's, you can just imagine Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon dressed up as women. Very, uh, very amusing. Also, Tony Curtis plays another character where he's the, he pretends to be the heir of Shell Oil. And he does, a, uh, he does a Cary Grant impression. So his voice is like Cary Grant. And apparently Cary Grant went up to him and went, I don't speak like that. And it's like, well, well you do, Cary, you actually do. And again, it's an iconic movie. And I, in my opinion, the best final line in a movie ever, when Jack Lemmon tells Joey Brown, he's nobody's perfect. And what's great, I tried to see if you can find it on YouTube. You can't. There's an arena documentary with Billy Wilder. And he was saying that in comedy, you can't make it obvious that you're waiting for a laugh, right? That puts people off. And there's a scene where Jack Lemon is telling uh, Tony Curtis he's, he's got engaged to Joey Brown. And every line is a joke. Every line. So he goes, that's why after he says every, every line, Jack Lemon plays the maracas. So it gives people time to laugh and then they can spit, say the next line. So they're not laughing over the jokes. Oh, that's so yeah. clever. It's really, that really clever because obviously you're, you're giving a space, but the audience don't know that. They just think he's playing the maracas and then he'll do the other line. And then they play the maracas again. And I just thought that is so such an interesting thing because you're right. You, as a comedian, you can't, if you stand there and wait for the laugh, people will go, you've got to do little tricks to kind of, so people, you are allowing them the space, but you've got to not show it. So yeah, it's a really, if you like comedy, definitely watch it. I actually went and saw it in the Soviet Union and because I knew the film so well, I was laughing so much and everybody thought my Russian was really good. It's like, no, it's not. It's just because I know what they're saying because I've seen it so often. <laughs> Must have been weird watching it in Russian, blimey. Oh, do you know what? They cut a few bits out because they're very conservative in the Soviet Union. So the kissing scene with Marilyn Monroe, they cut that short. And there's a bit where he's, uh, Tony Curtis is horrible to a kid. They cut that out. Yeah, and they said it was it was like it was showing how corrupt American society was. That was that's what the film was about. And it was like, yeah, right. But yeah, so they're my three films from the 50s I would recommend. I love all of those films. They sound great. 
great. And I, I feel like I have seen High Noon, but... Um, you probably have. I, I probably have, but I, I just don't really... But yes, the other two, I definitely know, and they are brilliant. Thank you very much, Maureen Younger, for your cultured corner this week. I don't want to lose my shit over... OK, this is it. Right, let's go. It's happening now. I cannot handle this. Well, now we are we are coming to close to the end, and this is always my favorite part, as I know it is Maureen's and it is Leanne's, because this is the time where we get to find out what the hell is getting Jen's goat. Jen, this week, what's got the goat? Just human beings. Okay. <laughs> Very blanket. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just want to put it out there that I think, on the whole, human beings are fucking dicks okay now not our wtb listeners i'm gonna put it out there and say look at you all all me and alison all me and alison Leanne, I should say. no she didn't include that i'm not even including you three <laughs> <laughs> goes without saying you three otherwise i would not spend any time in your company every week but just generally across the board i find human beings fucking annoying and selfish and and self-involved and just uh solipsists basically just wandering around thinking that their universe is the most important universe i'm talking about the petrol situation okay ah i'm talking about the petrol situation again people who do not live in this gray miserable pointless brick shit aisle okay global britain global britain little little piddly england Okay, because now we're uh, we're totally alienated Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland. Well, we alienated them a while back, but they're they're finally just gone, going to tell us to fuck off. Not Wales, because they've got to stay with us. They're, they're, They're in an abusive relationship. I have got to the point now where we had a petrol crisis, okay? Now, we know that it's going to be harder and harder for petrol to come through uh, because of Brexit, yeah? The queues are so long for drivers to get into England, uh, into the UK, that they're like, fuck it, I don't want to deliver petrol to those pricks they can go without petrol so now in a few months we're not going to have petrol but at the moment we have petrol right now there is petrol in this country there is petrol in petrol pumps there is enough petrol to go around we have petrol but because people were told that there might be a petrol crisis in a few weeks time or in a month's time Every single prick has gone out to a petrol station and milked that fucking petrol station dry, which means that people that need petrol, like ambulances, like key workers, uh, fucking... uh, Comedians. Comedians, yeah? We can't get petrol now because there is no fucking petrol. And if you want to get petrol, good fucking luck. Set aside half a day to queue off some A-road to get the fucking petrol. So I'll tell you what's got my goat is if those people hadn't been filling up jerry cans and buckets and their fucking mother's, like, I don't know, colostomy bag full of fucking petrol, now we'd all have petrol. But we don't all have petrol because these selfish cunts have created the crisis that needn't have been created. We had the same thing with toilet roll. I didn't give a shit. Guess what? I can use newspaper on my hand. I don't care. But now I need petrol to get to work. 
I need it and I can't get any fucking petrol. And I haven't even tried to get petrol because I thought, let the ambulances get the petrol. Let the key workers get the petrol. Let the people who need the petrol to save lives get the petrol. I'll hang back a bit and wait for my fucking petrol because I am a good person and I'm not a complete prick. So to the people that went out and filled 17 cars full of petrol, you, you've got my goat. You are the fucking problem in this country because you're just thinking of you. You're not thinking about the rest of the society and you can go fuck yourself. Other than that, I have no strong feelings about that situation. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, but how do you feel about it? Like, tell us what you're feeling. Do you know what? Somebody told me yesterday that uh, they were uh, at a garage and somebody come with two Ikea bags and they wanted to fill the Ikea bags with petrol and they wouldn't let them, obviously. (laughs) But it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's... It's unbelievable. I just find it unbelievable. I think people are just absolutely awful. That's it. That's what I think. And the proof is in the pudding. If you're like, Jen, that's not true. Most people are good people. No, they're not. Look at the look at the election results. We've got the Tories in. Look at the petrol situation. We've got people getting petrol when they don't fucking need it and, and making sure that other people don't have pe- People are dicks. Yeah, that's what we've got to deal with. People are dicks. People are getting upset about pensioners on a on a motorway risking their lives to to draw attention to uh, global warming. <laughs> they're angry about those people, but they're not angry about the government. These people are not angry about the government who who are making this crisis worse. But an old pensioner trying to stop, trying to draw attention to global warming. That's who we're angry at because people are morons. And generally speaking, we shouldn't listen to people. That's why. I think democracy doesn't work. (laughs) Stop asking people what they think. They don't know. They're idiots. Okay. That's why I'm going to set up a dictatorship in which I rule because I think I know best. I think I know best. I think I know what's best for the people of this country. They don't know. Stop asking them. Okay. There we go. You're welcome. And that's our 50th show, folks. That's it. <laughs> I feel like I may have alienated 90% of the listeners on that particular rant. <laughs> no, only, only the few that are sitting on cans of petrol. What? What? Oh, God. Anyway, I've got to go to the petrol station now, so I better finish All right. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. (laughs) Will that do? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.